All right, you want to kick it off? All right, let's do it. The camera. Yeah, so we're just playing around with new technology here today. Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey, and happy Major League Baseball trade deadline day. We've been scrolling through Twitter and following Dude. everything just as fanboys. Sonny yeah. Gray just got traded, but just to officially set this up, this is. 1500 ESPN and the Touch 'em All podcast presentation of a trade deadline special, which means the executive conference room, yeah. a big 1500 ESPN banner in the background, well, MLB network on the TV behind the camera. I feel like we should it's be awesome. honest about it because what we're doing is the same as what everybody on the other side of the camera is doing. <laughs> we are refreshing Twitter, we are refreshing MLB trade rumors. I have the trade rumors twins page up. And then in the background, because this is how high tech we are, we're watching MLB Network break down the Sunny Gray trade right in now. In fact, let's so. so so there's a million twins things to get into here. Let's yeah. start with with just where the twins are at right now. It sounds like Brandy Kinsler is really the only name being kicked around teams interested in twins players. So Brandy Kinsler right now, the according to Mike Berardino and a bunch of other national reporters. It's the Washington Nationals that have the most interest in him. The Rockies have been rumored, and maybe a couple other teams. But I feel like now that the Sonny Gray domino has fallen, Sonny Gray finally traded to the Yankees for two of their top ten Baseball America prospects, right-hander James Caprellan and uh, shortstop Jorge Mateo and then Mm -hmm. Dustin Fowler. So uh, I guess the Twins' equivalent would have been Probably like Nick Gordon and Steven Gonsalves and then something else if they wanted Sonny Gray at the trade deadline. But now that that domino has fallen, we have yep. 35 minutes until the trade deadline. Game on. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you Darvish goes or doesn't go. There's two or three teams in the market for starting pitching, so it wouldn't shock me if Irvin Santana still got traded at some point. But teams have been more interested, apparently, in Brandon Kinsler at the trade deadline. Yeah, well, let's, as we sort of wait for news to trickle in here, let's like... Let's zoom out and look at the big picture. I think like there are a lot of... Literally zoom out? Yeah, or? we can do that. We have that technology. But <laughs> I just think, as from a philosophical standpoint, there are two camps, I think, of Twins fans right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe there are more that I'm missing. One is the camp that was actively rooting against the Twins the past two weeks so they could sell <laughs> without having to feel like, you know, adding to a not really contender, adding to a team that maybe those fans thought was not quite ready to compete for a World Series. I think that's one camp of fans. And the other is going to be really upset, I think, by the end of the day, Phil, because they want the Twins to hang on to Brandon Kinsler, hang on to Irvin Santana, add a piece, or maybe two, and try to go make a World Series run. It's it's kind of two distinct camps. And i got to say, I was in the second camp for a long time. A long time. Like, up until two weeks ago. I was saying add pieces to this team, and people said, yeah, but negative run differential. I know. Trust me, that hasn't escaped me. They say, yeah, but flawed team. Trust me, I know. I cover them every day. This team's not ready to win a World Series, but I thought they were ready to mess around in the postseason. Now that the Indians and Royals have taken off, 180-degree turn from, from me anyways on my philosophy of what the Twins should do, now I think it'll be a loss if they don't trade Brandon Kinsler in the next half an hour. Yeah, in, in fairness... You were on that side of the fence when they were two games back in the division and three games above 500, and yeah. it's amazing how quick the twin status changed. It's why they wound up trading and the, trading for and then trading Jaime Garcia in the same week. So I, you know, I, I hear you. If you're an impatient Twins fan, I've heard from someone tweeted me yesterday, a 21 year old Twins fan, saying, "I was born in the mid 90s." 
as a Twins fan, I have seen one playoff series win, and so I totally get yep, I hear the you. angst and the impatience. I am, you know, I, I am not faulting you for feeling that way, but you're six or seven games back at the trade deadline, seven games back of Cleveland, and you just look at some of the bullpens and rotations that are being stacked up right now in the American League. I think when we were trying to envision the Twins as buyers, okay, if you add a starting pitcher, if you add a seventh, eighth, ninth inning reliever, what does that Twins team look like, you know, whatever, two weeks ago, yeah. compared to the other contenders in the American League? And where we may have not thought deep enough is, okay, let's say the Twins do keep Jaime Garcia, and, and they did keep, and they traded for and kept a reliever of some kind. We're not taking into account the Yankees just traded for Sonny Gray. Right. And the Astros could make a trade for a top, uh, like, a, like a Zach Britton or somebody. So teams can make moves ahead of the Twins in the standings. And even if they were even with Cleveland right now, just the run differential, the rosters, the eye test, it makes sense to sell. Um, Brandon Kinsler, Doogie's reporting that he really likes it in Minnesota. Yeah. It's a team that took a chance on him. I can confirm. So you could pretty easily, and I say this about Jaime Garcia, too. I don't know if he likes Minnesota. He had a nice little yeah. six and two that was outing. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at the free agent market, if Brandon Kinsler likes Minnesota, you could pretty easily re-sign him for a couple of years, you know, $5 million a year. And I think Jaime Garcia, regardless of his one-week affiliation with the Twins, I think... He is a prime candidate to sign with the Twins in free agency this offseason. You've got Hugh Darvish at the top of the free agent pack. Jake Arrieta is near the top. And then you have mostly guys like Jaime Garcia. So you could wind up trading these guys away for two months knowing that you're not contenders and then even getting one or two of them back at some point. And then you still get to keep the prospects that um, that you acquired. Real yeah. quick, Derek. Yeah. And we're going to be on. This is, if you're just joining us, We'll try to do a good job in the excitement of the trade deadline here of keeping you posted on what we're doing. It's in getting here and, crazy. And this. But uh, Derek Wetmore and Phil Mackey, and this is a Touch 'Em All podcast presentation, Facebook Live at the trade deadline, 1500 ESPN. And um, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, you can just find it, Touch 'Em All podcast, on iTunes, Podcast One, and 1500 ESPN.com. But we'll just kind of keep you updated on what's going on, the headlines around Major League Baseball. The Yankees just landed Sonny Gray from the Oakland Athletics Big for trade. three prospects, two of their top five or six organizational prospects. The Cubs late last night traded prospects to the Tigers for Alex Avila and closer Justin Wilson. Addison Reed to the Red Sox. The Red Sox were in on Brandon Kinsler for a yep. while, according to reports. Francisco Liriano to the Astros as a reliever, it sounds That's like. That's pretty interesting. And maybe a guy that they could use... I guess they're thinking ahead. If our starting pitcher gets blown out, we can maybe handcuff Liriano to McCullers, who's been struggling. And uh, Justin Verlander and Justin Upton will not be traded today. And also Zach Britton and Yu Darvish, probably the main pieces the teams are going after right now yeah. in the final 30 minutes of the trade. Yeah, because what was it? There's like the four big names that were out there at, with an hour to go before the deadline. Sonny Gray, that domino's fallen. And then the two guys you just mentioned. Uh, who's the fourth one? I'm missing somebody. Uh... Somebody that was uh, Britton, Darvish, Sonny Gray, and there was another reliever that was out there. Um, it's not Kinsler. Well, Kinsler's kind of in that list, but he's not like the elite postseason series. I know series Dan Straley, changer. the starter from the Marlins, is yeah, out that there. That wasn't but. it. But in any case, there's a, a few dance partners left. And if this is a game of musical chairs, the chairs are filling up quickly. I think that if you're the Twins... Uh, as we kind of track the coverage here on MLB Network, too, and following Twitter and MLB trade rumors, I think that if you're the Twins, tell me off here if I'm wrong, Phil. And, and we'll get to some listener questions here, too. But 
this year so far, especially if they do get something for Brandon Kinsler at the deadline here, this sort of represents the best case scenario for Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Because, okay, you go, you go into the year, you're trying to figure out what do we have here. Yeah. Well, you found out you've got a pretty dang good player in Miguel Sano. You found out you got a pretty good young pitcher that you like in Jose Barreos. Okay, two cornerstone type pieces. You made the first four months of the season pretty interesting, so much so that you considered buying ahead of the trade deadline and then did buy Jaime Garcia. And then, just when it was starting to look like you'd have to paint yourself into a corner and sell off some prospects, trade the future for win-now players, even if you weren't 100% ready to win a World Series, suddenly the dynamic changes because now, with the Indians and Royals taking off, the pressure is totally off Falvey and Levine. They can go in and they can say, well, you know what? We tried to add. It didn't work. Jaime, thanks for the start. Anything that's not nailed down is now available to the highest bidder. Thank you uh, for coming to this estate sale. And fans, thanks for hanging out. Thank you for spending these four months at Target Field. Totally don't blame you if you never set foot back in the park until April. Um, I would still, like, for me personally, I'm still curious to see Byron Buxton, who's going to be back, I'm guessing. Yeah, but week. as a general fan discourse, if there's some discontent, you could sure. understand it for yeah. the next two months. Uh, I, I did get an email from a Twins fan. I, we brought this up at the end of our radio show today saying the, the Jaime Garcia era, that he yeah. ordered some pizza on Monday That's night when Jaime Garcia was traded to the Twins, and he ate the last piece of leftover pizza late Friday night, actually, after Jaime Garcia was done pitching that night. So his Brutal. leftover pizza lasted longer in Minnesota than Jaime Garcia did. Let's just, we'll, we'll take your questions. If you want to throw questions or comments in the Facebook feed here, we will get to as many as we can throughout the show. But we're in this for the long haul. Another half hour until the trade deadline, and then we'll kind of recap from a Twins perspective and just around baseball once we get past 3 o'clock Central Time. Uh, Joe chimes in here, Derek, on our Facebook comment section. Twins eat $4 million in the Jaime Garcia trade. Does that affect their future international spending? It won't impact their international spending because each team gets a small pool of money. I believe it's $3 million or $2.9 million. That might have gone up a little bit, but you can actually trade. I saw that that the uh, the A's acquired some money from the Yankees or vice okay. versa in international spending. The Orioles love trading their international spending money. Yeah. Under but, Dan Duquette, they basically said, here you go, don't need any of this. Right, but this the $4 million the Twins acquired, or that the Twins uh, ate in the Garcia trade, that actually helped them land a better prospect yeah. from the Yankees, which is surprising that the Twins covered money on behalf of the Yankees to get a better prospect. Isn't that funny? And I kind of like, in fact, let's dive into to what the Twins got for uh, Jaime Garcia because a lot of people, including me, probably haven't followed these two prospects very closely, but the double-A right-hander, the 21-year-old Zach, either Littell or Little, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, yeah, L-I-T-T-E-L-L, 21 years old, has a 1.87 ERA between high A and double-A, a strikeout per inning, and from what the scouting reports say and people who have seen him pitch... He's not going to be a lights-out number one starter, but he could settle in as like a number three, number four, number five guy, maybe even as soon as sometime next year. So that's that's an interesting up-and-coming 21-year-old piece of the puzzle. Compare him to maybe like an Adalberto Mejia, where you don't think he's going to be an ace, but With maybe better he'll be, control, I think, and maybe he'll be in your rotation. Yeah, and you point. need those guys. The one that I'm intrigued by, not because I think he's going to be the the gem of the trade, but this AAA lefty, Dietrich Enns is his name. 26 insane minor league numbers, mm-hmm. a minor league ERA below two, and strikes out a lot of batters. Yep. 
but hasn't made his major league debut yet. Yeah. So uh, there's got to be some flaw in the just the the pitch selection, whatever it may be. But they added arms, and both these guys are older than 19-year-old Genoa, who they traded for Jaime Garcia. So they get a couple yep. guys who are closer to being major league ready. The way I look at it is there, there's this range of outcomes with prospects, right? We talk about this a lot that, well, on this end of the spectrum, he's a bust. Never makes it to the big leagues. No contribution to your team. Now, on this end of the spectrum, he's a Hall of Famer. And when you're 16, you're a 16-year-old Miguel Sano taking ground balls as a shortstop in the Dominican Republic, that spectrum is wide open to you. Yeah. Well, then you're an 18-year-old Miguel Sano working your way through Beloit, Wisconsin, mashing taters, and it's more like, okay, maybe this guy's not a Hall of Famer just because he's going to grow out of the position, but also looking like he's going to make the big leagues. So that range shrinks a little bit. Well, then you're a 21-year-old Miguel Sano. You get called up to the big leagues. It's like, okay, well, you're probably not going to be a bust. It starts to close in on major league starter. And then when you find out that he's actually like 25, yeah. then it's like... They, they, well, they, they, swings the <laughs> other way. He's still a really good player. But the point is that if you're Oscar Enoa and you're an 18, 19-year-old kid uh, who signed, what was it, 2014 international signing, I think, and yeah, you're you're in rookie ball and you're putting up some good numbers, but like, do we know how good that's going to be? No, because his yeah. range is still like this. You trade for somebody who's in double-A and dominating. Suddenly, Phil, I think you've started to close the gap a little bit on the percentage chance that he's a bust. Sure, yeah. And and that's a small win. So for the Twins to be able to do that, I think, is a win. The one that I think is going to get overlooked, especially if Brandon Kinsler gets traded here in the next couple of minutes before the trade deadline, you're going to overlook Gabriel Moya, who is the Diamondbacks reliever who was pitching in the low minor leagues. Yeah. I think he got up to double A. He came over in the John Ryan Murphy trade, which is basically for the Twins. All right, we went from five catchers to four catchers on the 40-man roster. This guy wasn't going to be on our team next year, probably. Likely not in the plans. Let's see what we can get for him. They add another pitcher. I'm not saying Moya is going to be their closer. I, in fact, it's probably pretty unlikely. But he's like a 14 strikeouts per nine innings guy. He's got a live arm. If he turns into a guy who's a contributor at the back end of your bullpen in a couple of years, sure. which, again, lottery tickets, you're still talking a wide range of outcomes. Yeah. But if you can start to narrow those outcomes and get guys that are approaching the major leagues, not only in terms of time, but in terms of talent that are there and ready to contribute, I think the Twins are going to do well for themselves at this trade deadline. Hey guys, before we continue on with the rest of this Touch em All podcast, it's Phil Mackey here for all of you Twin Cities area listeners to tell you about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is the location. My family and I have been going to this car dealership and service department for three plus decades. And there's a reason for that. It's the best in the business, the smartest and friendliest people in the business. They'll treat you like family. So find out why my family and I have been going to the same dealership and service department for multiple decades, right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. You know, there was a time, well, the twins are exhibit A for this. There was a time a few years ago where it was unthinkable to trade a potential major league catcher under the age of 27 sure. for a relief pitcher, let alone a relief pitcher prospect. When the twins traded Wilson Ramos for Matt Caps, and that was a major league reliever for a minor league catcher, that was still sacrilege. Why? And it was, it was a first guess dumb trade. Uh, they made it, Caps was a non-factor in them making the playoffs, and 
it was just another illustration of why would you trade a premium position for a reliever that's not a role as Chapman, not sure. elite. But I think baseball is evolving now to the point where the Twins just traded a catcher, a major league caliber catcher. John Ryan Murphy is not going to be an offensive juggernaut, but he could be a major league catcher, even a backup. Sure. For a minor league relief pitcher prospect. Yeah. And yeah. and five years ago, I would have said, "Ooh, you got to get more than make it be a starting pitcher." Catchers are valuable. Not and they still are. Yep. But now I think the value of relievers has gone up so much. We're at some point we're going to reach a reliever market bubble. Where it's oh, we're just, in the bubble right now. It's just too aggressive. We the, are in the, the amount bubble. of money being spent on relievers and some of the prospects that are being thrown into trades. In fact, was it um, uh, the setup guy for the Marlins, uh, David Phelps? Yep. Who was traded last week? Fetched four prospects. Yeah, I know four prospects for for. And I was going to say for a non-closer, but I think he could be an ace reliever for a lot of teams in baseball. So interesting. Speaking of relievers, following the uh, Major League Baseball feed here on Twitter, the Diamondbacks, let me uh, me see here, Uh, Dodgers are nearing a deal to acquire Tony Watson, left-handed reliever and and closer from the Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Right-hander David Hernandez goes to the Diamondbacks. Yes, to the Diamondbacks. It's amazing. News is just breaking all over the place here. Yeah, dude. And uh, Brandon Kinsler is still a twin as of right now, but within 20 minutes he's going to be gone almost 100% of the time. Yeah. I... So let me ask you. We talked about this in a previous Such Mall podcast episode, but it's, it's worth revisiting now that we know exactly where the twins are at the trade deadline. And as I wrote about in the Jaime Garcia column, okay, so that trade told you three things. I'll get to those three things really quickly. And then I've got a question for you on Kinsler. Three things that I told you. One, they're sellers. Obvious. I mean, there are some people, I think, that are thinking, okay, they traded Garcia, but now where do they go? No, that's it. You traded a guy who's going to be in your rotation for the rest of the year and would have started a postseason game for you had you made it that far for non-contributors this year. It's, it's over. You sold. You're sellers. Yeah. And you don't, I don't think, personally, if you're in quote-unquote rebuilding mode or retooling mode, whatever you want to call it, I don't think you'd just dip your toes in the water. You got to figure, you know, you're going one yep. way or you're going the other. Chicago White Sox, sold. So, number one, I told you, Twins are absolutely sellers. Number two, I told you they're targeting pitching, which we already could have guessed, obviously, and have been hearing this whole year. But now they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're going to get pitching prospects. So, that's number two. Number three was that they're willing to sort of buy prospects. You mentioned the money. So, they pay. Garcia's salary when he comes from the Braves. That allows them to give a lower-level prospect back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then they send him out to the Yankees, but they keep the salary on their books. They say, hey, we'll pay him, because if we pay him, you're going to give us a better prospect. So they're yeah. willing to be creative and spend more money on so that. So they turn a 19-year-old lottery ticket pitching prospect yep. and $4 million or $4.5 million Ish. into a 21-year-old better pitching prospect and a 26-year-old lefty who's probably going to be in your bullpen next year. And I'll even argue you can add another piece to that because by including Anthony Recker, the catcher they got back in the Garcia trade the first time, it allowed them to spin off John Ryan Murphy and go get this reliever, Gabriel Moya. Which is weird because I think they DFA'd Recker. But yeah, no they took one, him off the but, 40 But no one claimed him, so he's an organizational catcher. They kind of knew that, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing they went and got a 33-year-old yeah, catcher. We can wave this dude, open up a 40-man spot, yep. and still keep him in our organization. We don't need five down. catchers on the 40-man roster. Three is good enough for me. And I think yeah. you will see Mitch Garver in September, by the way. But the question that I wanted to pose to you on Brandon Kinsler is kind of more of a philosophical one, which is, as a 
a pending free agent, like, would you give any thought at all to hang on to him? You just said 100% of the time he's gone. And I, me being the non-zero guy, I think it's like 98% of the time he's gone. But I'm just saying, would you decide it's worth having a closer going the rest of the way? Or is it, don't no, care, he's not what's the best option? I mean, he's, he's a closer in the sense that he pitches late in games. Sure. And he holds leads of three runs in the ninth inning. But the gap between Brandon Kinsler as closer and if you were to put Trevor Hil- uh, Hildenberg out there. Hildenberger. Hildenberger. Berg. And, and, Side armor with a good And let's say up. he was your closer. Yeah. Would he be as good as Brandon Kinsler? No. Would the gap be A to Z wide? No. Yeah. So I, it, it's a no-brainer. I think... I think the Twins, whether they bring Brandon Kinsler back or not, are going to have to build, if they want to be true contenders next year, they're going to have to build a 7th through ninth inning bullpen bridge. Mm-hmm. Probably one guy that's in the bullpen right now maybe steps up. Maybe, maybe one of these guys that we just have seen this year for the first time steps up. Sure. I think you're going to have to sign or trade for someone in the offseason. And then maybe if Trevor May comes back from injury, I even floated, if, if this organization doesn't think that Kyle Gibson is a long-term starter, but they want to bring him back on a flyer, now, I think the better bet is for him to be non-tendered, because they, they, they might not want to pay him 5 or $6 million to be sure. in the rotation next year or be on the, on the team. But you could, you could, if you trade Brandon Kinsler, you could really experiment with the 8th and ninth innings and find out. Hey, if there's no room for Kyle Gibson, and I'm guessing he'll be the first guy back to be in the rotation, so I'm I'm just sure. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. But I mean, you could try that type of stuff in the last two months of the year to replace Brandon Kinsler. Closer Bartolo Colon is what you're telling me. Wow, and that's <laughs> that's cranking an that fastball up to 90 miles an it's hour. It's like Point LeBron, where you just move somebody <laughs> into a weird spot, and they're like, all right, we'll see what happens. The other interesting thing too is on the and by the way, we are. Minutes away. Uh, yeah, we are now 16 minutes away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And we see, we're going to get back to your comments. We see all you guys. You're hanging out with us just to reset this. Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey. We're hanging out just like you are watching MLB Network behind the camera here. Yeah. And for people who are asking, is that the KSTP break room? Actually, this is the Stanley Hubbard Executive Conference Room that's not being used today. Yeah, and, we snuck uh, in. we are in here until we get kicked out. Did you so. see this funny tweet from Justin Verlander that just came across the feed right now? Is it the selfie? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. still in the Tigers locker room <laughs> he with says, the selfie. He says, source, <laughs> I'm awesome. still in the Tigers clubhouse, and he just tweeted that. That's for, pretty for, good sense. For the, uh, the cheap poll ad crowd, okay, I'll grant you, the Twins are never going to spend on the level of the Dodgers or the Yankees a lot of that's just the difference in revenue that comes in when you're in one of those big markets in an uncapped league. Um, but if I think, as proven again this time around with the Jaime Garcia trades, if you go to Jim Polad with a logical reason and presentation to spend more money, sure, he oftentimes says yes. Irvin Santana, hey, it's going to be a four-year contract for like $13 million a year, and the back end of the contract might be a little dicey when he gets into his mid-30s. Sure. Okay, go sign him. Uh, and that was Terry Ryan. Hey, Phil Hughes had a really good season, and this might be a huge mistake, and it turned out to be, but we want to give him more money before he proves it a second year. Yeah. Pull that okayed it. Yeah. This time around, hey, have a chance to eat $4 million, but get a 21-year-old prospect that we think could be in our rotation maybe late next season. Will you pay that? And he says yes. Right. The, so, way, the way that I view the Garcia trade is interesting because it's like, do you present it to him <laughs> that first time? Say, hey, we're going to get this guy, and he's going to make a start, and then we'll see. 
Yeah. You know, like, do you have to let him know, from my understanding is they're keeping him abreast of, like, all the moves that might happen. Like, if you get down to the 10-yard line on a deal, you're keeping him in the loop. You're the second person now, including Jerry Krasnick, to say that, like, a trade is, insert football field yes, analogy. Yes, yes, it's training camp season. The twins are on the goal line. It's training Brandon camp Kinsler. season. And I think that they should just kick a field goal, frankly. <laughs> they should probably not go for it. But anyway, I think that there there's an interesting case to be made for keeping Irvin Santana the rest of this year if you don't get an offer that you like. Mm-hmm. I think, to answer my question from earlier, I think it's really hard to walk away from any trade for Brandon Kinsler right now. Keep in mind, if you want this guy in your bullpen next year, if you want him to be your setup guy, you could sign him as a free agent. He's not going to another team with a long-term contract left. So I think any value you don't get out of Brandon Kinsler right now, and he's a great guy, fantastic story, I think if you don't give his final two months of this year to somebody else, I think you're probably losing that transaction. Yeah, You know, I I guess... I think Glenn Perkins, if I had to bet, is probably done pitching after this season. He has been slowly working his way back from the devastating shoulder injury, but it wouldn't shock me if he just approved to himself even that he can come back and throw 88 miles an hour if he came back and pitched sometime in September. Sure. So, like, it doesn't. I guess just to sum this all up about Brandon Kinsler, somebody asked me on Twitter today if you trade Kinsler, who is the closer? Yeah. And I don't know, and if I'm the Twins, I don't care as yeah, much because you're not you're waving the white flag for this season. So you're seven games back, you're under 500. It's not really important who closes. I, I guess what I would like to know is who on the current 40-man roster or among players who might get called up in September who might not be on the 40-man roster, who has a chance, if you plan on being contenders next year, of getting outs against good teams in close games in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings. Yeah. well, so, And you just don't know that right now. You don't know. You want to figure it out. I think coming into this year, based on the way the Twins constructed their bullpen this winter, what did they do? They moved Trevor May to the starting rotation, which, by the way, I think he's. I would keep him there to stay. I think yeah. he's going to be, once he's healthy from Tommy John, he's a contributor in your rotation. They took him out. Perkins was a question mark with injuries. Jepson was gone. So, like, the back end of the bullpen that they had a year ago was gone. They thought Belial would be better, obviously. I, yeah, but I think you still think, at his best, Matt Belial's a seventh-inning guy. And he turned into, like, a setup guy on this team. Not exactly what they were envisioning, I'm guessing. But my point is just that, based on signing Matt Belial and then Craig Breslow to a minor league contract, those aren't World Series signings. And I think that the Twins would admit as much if you got them on Truth Serum. Uh, which would be a fun experiment it on really the day be. of the trade deadline. It'd be like by that the way. movie Liar Liar, yeah. where Jim Carrey just he runs has around to for like truth. two hours. Yeah, I think that movie reference that I got. Are you impressed? Uh, or That's you faked it and yeah. knew what I was talking about? <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. I think that the way that I look at their bullpen heading into this year, given the moves they made, or more to the point, the moves they didn't make, I think they expected guys like Nick Birdie, J.T. Shagwa, maybe Tyler J, maybe yeah. Jake Reed, maybe Mason Melitakis. I think that they expected these guys to sort of bubble up to the big leagues and be contributing members of their bullpen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, not all of them are going to pan out. But if, you know, if three out of nine guys that you feel strongly about make it, well, that's a difference maker in your bullpen. Yeah. So far, all we've really seen this year, yeah. Trevor Hildenberger, I like him. He could be, you know, a, a seventh inning guy. I don't see him as a future closer, but maybe. I've been wrong a lot in the past, um, including probably on this very video. 
But Trevor Hildenberger and Ellen Buznitz have been two guys that impressed me with their minor league numbers and then the little bit that I've seen of them in the big leagues. Yeah. After that, man, you've got to be disappointed if you're the Twins that you didn't get to see the Birdies, the Shagwas, the Jake Reeds, the Melitakises. Those arms that you probably expected would be here by now, you haven't even seen a sniff of any yeah, of them. Yeah, we've been hearing about them for years. You're right. Let's go back to the questions here and the comments on our I'll keep Facebook an eye feed. On Twitter, you keep an eye on Do Facebook. Do that, yeah. And I'll keep an eye also on Joel Sherman in a weird office on MLB yeah. Network, waving his arms wildly and taking off the reading glasses. Actually, right next door, I think, right? <laughs> they just like keep panning from Rosenthal to Sherman <laughs> to Heyman. Pretty good. Actually, somebody with a great tweet here, Brian Kenny from MLB Network. Yankees get Sonny Gray, David Robertson. Canely, Frazier, Red Sox get Addison Reed. Yeah. So advantage yeah. Yankees in that division for, for sure. sure. I agree. Um, let's see here. As you Dan, look, oh, go ahead. Uh, two people chiming in here Jeffrey and Dan. Liriano is going to the Astro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeffrey yep. says Houston chose Liriano over Santana. They chose Liriano over Santana because Liriano, I think, expired contract. Price. And, totally different. Uh, yeah, and he's going to go into their bullpen as a long guy. So, um, you Darvish takes a picture of himself in the Rangers clubhouse with ten minutes to go before the deadline. So yeah. Justin Verlander has started a wave here now. That's hilarious. Uh, I, that's not to say that Darvish won't be gone by then. I think uh, with Sonny Gray, the Sonny Gray domino having fallen, Darvish was where I had my attention. And if some contender wanted just a rental ace, he was by far the best to go get. And provided. He doesn't get traded. It gets harder to see Irvin Santana getting traded. And maybe I've missed it because I've done some radio. I know you did four hours of radio today that I haven't seen any. I did three and I napped for about an hour. Oh, that's fair. Standard standard Mackie Mm -hmm. and Judd show, I would imagine. The way that uh, I was going to set this up is that I haven't seen any tweets or rumors or rumblings or sources or talks advancing on Irvin Santana today. I kind of thought you'd hear both guys being mentioned in trade talks. I did too. Well, actually, so Anthony, uh, yeah, Anthony Hilden brings this up. What's up, Anthony? Does a team have to be a buyer or a seller? Can't you stand still? And, And I would say, if I had to bet right now, with eight minutes to go until the trade deadline, I think Kinsler goes, and my guess is Irvin Santana and Brian Dozier, the two guys for the last 12 months yeah. who've been rumored the most. I would guess those guys stay. So if you know that you're probably not going to make the playoffs, you almost have no choice but to trade your expiring contracts for whatever you can get. Because there's really no reason short of wanting to maintain a relationship with a veteran player who wants to resign with you. I mean, I've seen that before where... I'd prefer not to be traded because I want to come back, uh, blah, blah, blah. Don't want to have to move my family, that sort of thing. But with guys who have multiple years of team control, or in the case of Dozier and Irvin Santana, who are signed through next year, well, I would have been floating them all week, and I would be milking every team for whatever I thought I could get. For sure. If the return on investment was going to be 50 cents on the dollar, if if for Brian Dozier I was going to get... You know, a number four starter who's still in double A AA or triple A, I would be much more likely to actually extend Brian Dozier through age 34, especially yeah. with Jorge Polanco's struggles, yep. than to just trade him for nothing. Sure. And with Urban, I mean, we can go down this road here too, real quick. If we project ahead to the 2018 19 Twins, this is a good one. I like if, this. If Urban Santana stays on the team, I don't think you're going to see him pitch the way that he did for that 12 month stretch from last July to this July, but. Could he settle in behind Jose Barrios and maybe 
a free agent starter, whoever that may be, a, a, a Jaime Garcia, maybe maybe Steven Gonsalves and Fernando Romero, one of those guys comes up and is serviceable next year. That looks like a quality rotation. So, you again, I've been advocating for shopping those guys, but you don't want to just dump those guys for nothing if you can have them play a part on a contending team for 2018. <laughs> yeah. So that's my thought on it. I don't disagree. I just, to the question about... Do you have to be one or the other? I kind of think that you do because if you're stuck, I, I've compared this to like an eight and eight NFL team or a seven and nine NFL team. Where does it suck to go two and fourteen? I'm sure it does. I'm sure one and fifteen is not a fun place to be. But at least you know you're getting a new quarterback or a new head coach or both. So in the NFL, you'd rather be that team than the seven and nine team that's going to come back with fill in the blank Bortles and like. Did you like what I did there? It was another football <laughs> reference for you. But anyway, to, to extend that metaphor over to baseball, I think that there are teams that are 8-8. Eight and eight. The Twins are an 8-8 eight and eight team, if you're using NFL jargon. Yeah. And if you don't sell, but the other teams do, they got a little bit better for the future years. You didn't. So in a sense, that is a cost. There's an opportunity cost for not improving your future. So I agree with what you're saying, that if your future can't improve demonstrably from making one of those trades, sure, you don't have to trade an Irvin Santana. But I think that if you are in that sort of middle ground, you got to make a decision. You have to go one way or the other. I'd rather be right now the Chicago White Sox than the Minnesota Twins. And I'm not saying like over the next 10 years or whatever. It's just that the White Sox knew what this season was about. They traded Chris Sale. They traded Adam Eaton. They loaded up Are on prospects. Are you saying, like, because I'd rather be the Twins for the next three to five years than the White Sox. Because you've got the core that's ready to be right there. But I'm saying, like, in terms of trade deadline day, how you've improved your team for the future, your future teams, I'd say the White Sox have done far more than the Twins have over the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, the, the White Sox, this is the first time in a long time. They've almost always been able to reload a little yeah. bit. And even when they're reloading, when they're bad, they're reloading with veterans. I can't remember the last time the White Sox were just straight youth movement. Yeah. No Paul Canerco, no Chris Sale. Right. It's probably been a couple decades Since before for sure. the World Series in 05. Real quick, four minutes to go until the trade deadline. Here it comes. Still no movement on Brandon Kinsler, but multiple different reporters, Mark Feinsand and, uh, and others are saying it's going to come down to the wire here. So Going down to the wire. One like quick it. question on Brian Dozier from Bob sure. on our Facebook feed. No demand for Brian Dozier. I'm surprised. The reason why... I was more surprised that there wasn't more winter demand for Brian Dozier. If the best deal the Twins could get was Jose DeLeon and maybe a throw-in of some kind, um, that was two full years of one of the best middle infielders in baseball. Now, you'd still get, if you traded him right now, if you're a team that acquires Brian Dozier, you get him for two months, October, and then all of next year. So there's a bunch of value there. The problem is... It's just rare for teams to need that specific position or have multiple teams that could create a bidding war for a second baseman on July 31st. Look around the major leagues right now. Uh, The Yankees don't need a second baseman. The Red Sox have Dustin Pedroia. The Mariners have Robinson Cano. Um, The Houston Astros have Jose Altuve, who might be a Hall of Fame player when it's all said and done. There's some good second basemen right now. Yeah, so there's just, like, of of the teams that would really... And then the the Nationals have David Murphy, who's batting, like, 350 again for the second straight year. So Mm -hmm. there's just not that many teams that would be dying to give up top prospects right now 
for Brian Dozier. Didn't Diamondbacks just lose the second baseman, but they're Chris probably going to go yeah. with younger players instead. And and uh, the Diamondbacks have acquitted themselves well at this trade deadline. But I, I agree with you. There's not a natural fit for Brian Dozier in the same way. Could you still move him this winter if you want to? Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. Um, I'll argue against you on the extension. I don't think I'm in the business of extending Brian Dozier right now, but we'll see what they do. I I wondered about that last winter. I say, hey, if you know, if uh, I was kind of kicking this around with uh, some people inside the Twins front office, that if you can't find a deal for Dozier, are you guys considering an extension? And the answer was absolutely not at that yeah. time. Now, with two years left on the deal, looks a little different than with one year left, but still. Worth noting that they weren't even exploring extensions last year. And just to kind of move that conversation as we approach the deadline here. Are we going to do like a Ryan Seacrest countdown There has to be a here? countdown. But the problem is like a trade Dick will trickle Clark's in. trade deadline special here. Yeah. It's A trade will trickle in after the ball drops in Times Square. So yes. it does, I don't know if it's going to involve the Twins or not. But uh, So it'll be kind of anticlimactic countdown. Let me send but out a tweet here real quick. Just a quick thought on Irvin Santana is that we talk about maybe needing Brian Dozier if Jorge Polanco's not your guy in the middle infield. Maybe Nick Gordon's a second baseman. I don't know. I don't know that I expect much from Nick Gordon until 2019 anyways, but there, there are other moving pieces to that conversation. On Santana, I've had the argument on my Facebook page saying, well, trading Santana would be nice, but what does the 2018 rotation look like without him? And I'm not personally... I'm not super worried about that. Like, I think you got Boreos. I think Trevor May comes back sometime in the middle of next year. Mm-hmm. What, maybe May, June or something like that? Maybe that's a little aggressive. June, July. Um, then you're looking at other guys to fill out the back end of it. Alberto May, he has been serviceable lately. He's a back end starter. And go ahead and spend some money in free agency or get a pitcher in a trade this winter. I don't think losing Santana for the 2018 season and possibly 2019 is the end of the world. I think that you can replace that kind of production. You can. I'm sort of expecting, you know, a 34, 35-year-old, four ERA guy. And if you have another $13.5 million to spend, if you're willing to go a little bit over that even, you can probably go replace that production. I'm not super worried about that. And with that, the trade deadline has officially passed. Now there's going to be stuff trickling in here. We'll see. I can almost guarantee you Brandon Kinsler is no longer a twin. I'm curious to see if the Twins were able to package him with Urban Santana hmm. just to get something of more substance. Let's but take some questions while we wait to see. Sure, if, uh, yeah. I so should throw, here, I've got, I've got the, uh, the Facebook feed in front of me here. I was going to say I should check the old cell phone. It's been in my pocket. I should have been pulling an Adam Schefter this whole time. Um, Mike says, what type of dishwasher is that? It's actually a fridge, right? It is a fridge. Yeah. I don't know what brand it is, but it's Mr. Hubbard's personal executive fridge. So we're going to try not to screw this room up. I feel like we should work a sponsorship deal in on that. And when we go to the fridge right does, after the does trade H2O deadline. Does H2O want to do a sponsorship? I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Twins News so you guys can hang with us and we'll keep you posted. Let's just rattle through some questions while we do wait, I think. Uh, uh, Mark says, hopefully Kinsler was bundled with Kyle Gibson. <laughs> yeah, who's taking Kyle Gibson right now? For- <laughs> Probably not. If Kyle Gibson wasn't like 30 years old now, you know, when you're 30 years old, 
I figured this out a couple years ago, turning 30, and you're going to figure it out. Yep. You kind of are what you are in life, for the most part. <laughs> okay. You know, you've either invented Facebook or you haven't. That's right. You've either gotten over your commitment issues or you haven't. Sure. You, know, it's, you are who you are when you're 30. You're either running the Twins or you're doing a podcast. About the guys <laughs> who run the Twins, yeah. <laughs> yes. So you can either throw a pitch over the plate in a close game in the sixth inning, third time through the order, or you can't, right. for the most part. So yeah, I think that's fair. Um, let's see here. Oh, a couple people have asked this question. Will Paul Molitor be back in 2017? I feel like that's a whole podcast episode for oh, us. For sure. But just quick, I'm going to give you elevator pitch thoughts. You give okay. me yours, and then we'll see if the Twins traded Brandon Kinsler. But I think if I were running the Twins, Paul Molitor has done a lot to, to adopt some of the newfound thinking that's been brought to the organization. I think he's helped squeeze a lot of extra toothpaste out of the tube this year with this Twins team that's been contending for the better part of four months and the team from two years ago. I would say bullpen management is a bit of a rough spot sometimes with Paul, guys getting worn out, tired. But then again, if you don't have the horses, it's tough to blame a guy. So gun to the head, I'd offer him a two-year extension and I would bring him back without knowing who door number two, door number three holds. Yeah, I think that Molitor gets a lot of heat and especially... um, I, I do think it's sort of a sign of the times. Like every every person with a Twitter account could manage the bullpen better than Paul Molitor if you just ask them. But I don't think that's really true, and I don't know that I'd pin all the shortcomings on him. I do think that Paul Molitor puts a lot of trust in Neil Allen and Eddie Gordado, and that part of it is maybe questionable. Yeah. So if you're worried about bullpen management, I think that's the kind of thing that you can teach. But also consider, I had people on on Twitter yesterday, finally I just had to get off Twitter, worried about uh, the bullpen usage on Sunday against the A's when the Twins blew the game and eventually losing a walk-off in extras. Well, I got news for you. The Twins weren't trying to win that game. If you're trying to win that game, your best reliever, Brandon Kinsler, comes in and pitches at some point in the ninth or before you blew the lead or in extra innings in a tie game. They were clearly going for the, let's avoid blowing this guy's if elbow out or have office, a line drive off the chin or something. Exactly right. right. I don't yeah. have this on good authority, but I was watching that game and I could not get past the fact that yeah. if I'm the front office, I'm telling Paul Molitor, sorry, dude, your hands are tied. Brandon Kinsler's going to sit on that bench all so day So he didn't long. pitch, the walk-off homers, he didn't pitch in either of those games. No. He didn't. And I think the reason on the broadcast on Saturday was, well, he's he threw 25 pitches the night before. I'm with you on this one. They just didn't want to have him take a, or like twist an ankle and land on the disabled. I mean, stuff happens. Yeah, like sure. you would potentially, if a trade got done here uh, uh, before the deadline struck, like well, you would have cost yourself that prospect just because you were trying to win one game in a season that you've already said yeah. doesn't matter. They said this season doesn't matter when they traded Jaime Garcia. Nobody needed to say that. Nobody needs to come out and give you a soundbite to say white flag 2017. Trading Garcia told you everything you need to know about that. Uh, I saw one comment on here, more of a comment really than a question, but I think it absolutely belongs on the podcast and the uh, and the Facebook Live video. Brandon says, "You guys are great. Keep it up." So thank you, Brandon. Thank you. That Brandon is actually my uh, my, my my dad. You have that <laughs> fake account going.